time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, let's do this. Welcome into the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. It is a very special edition. Uh, I'm Steve Courtney, along with my partner, Jamie Edmonds from WDIE, uh, because we get to see we get to look at each other. This is so great. Isn't it neat? Yes. It's really great to be in person. I feel like the chemistry's better. Yes. There's not internet issues. It's better. And, and very Speak for re- yourself. I'm having internet issues. Oh, poor Blake right, over well, there. Blake. Okay. You wanna sorry guys. You wanna vent? Sorry, Blake? I interrupted Debbie too Downer soon. from SNL. I'm sorry, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> you wanna vent? Nah. It's Go not ahead. worth it. It's not worth All it. Right. All right. Uh, yeah, another NFL season comes to an end, obviously, uh, with the Rams winning Super Bowl 56. It was kind of crazy uh, sitting in front of the tube yesterday afternoon. I was waiting for football, and it never happened. Yeah, you One. were just longingly looking out the window. Yeah, what are you going to do? And then uh, the conclusion of the Michigan-Wisconsin game went down. So I was working yesterday, obviously, and I was thinking, man, it is going to be such a slow day such a slow news day and then i watched the end of that game and i thought well things have changed yeah um you 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 don't see a brouhaha break out in the handshake line all that often it kind of like be uh seeing a rhubarb in the uh reception line after a wedding okay there's just no (laughs) what's happening here it, it was absolutely nuts to watch it live. Then you got to rewind and watch it a million times again. So the game was already decided. Uh, Wisconsin ends up winning it 77-63. Uh, Coach Guard of Wisconsin decides he's going to call a timeout with 15 seconds left. Again, uh, the game is already in hand. Now, uh, he would go on to explain uh, the reason he did that. He had his reserves in. And the 10-second countdown was just about over to get the ball over midcourt. So instead of creating chaos for the reserves, he calls the timeout to reset it. Um, Clearly, Jawan Howard didn't care anything about it. No. Both coaches were coaching still, even though this game was double digits. Because Jawan Howard chose to press. Yes, he did. With starters, or at least one starter. So... If you're coaching, why can't the other guy coach call a timeout and get his guys in there? Well, I mean, he's just trying to, you know, make life as good as possible for these reserves that practice hard and blah, blah, blah. And the timeout is called. So uh, they come across some audio uh, somebody had who uh, was up close and personal uh, with the dialogue at the end. And as Juwan Howard is walking Towards Greg Gard, he says, I will not forget this expletive. Right. And was going to continue to keep walking. I believe he was. Yeah, because we spoke earlier and we are on the same page. It it looks like uh, Juwan Howard vented, but he wanted to continue. Greg Gard grabs him. And I would like to think the reason for that is he was going to say, look, coach, Here's what was going through my mind. Uh, 10-second clock is running down. Uh, I wanted to get my reserves, you know, uh, a little bit of a break. 
Do you think Jawan Howard didn't like the timeout call because why? He was thinking he was trying to embarrass him on their home court? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, Coach Howard was probably under the impression, I just want to get the hell out of here. The game is over. And you're calling a timeout with 15 seconds left. But it's not like he just wanted the clock to run out if you're pressing. Right. So, But I think maybe Greg Gard was going to explain to him I agree. Why he called the timeout. It felt like a, hey, wait, 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 wait. Right, Let right. me talk to you. But he shouldn't have touched him because that lit the fuse even more. And now we're off and running. Right. Uh, now, under no circumstance is a coach supposed to slap, punch, however you read into that contact. Can't happen. Especially when Juwan Howard has history a year ago with Mark Turgeon, then the uh, head coach of Maryland. And Turgeon, the way he tells the story is, uh, he said that Juwan Howard said, I'm going to expletive kill you. Which is a wild. Which, nothing happened. Right, there was no physicality there. No, it was he all was verbal. Ejected. He had to be restrained. He was very heated oh, yeah. against Maryland there in the Big Ten tournament and had to be restrained and ejected. No punishment, nothing. Yeah, so uh, that is not the case because, folks, it's just breaking here. Um, Juwan Howard has indeed been suspended for the final game, uh, final five games of the regular season, uh, which will be Rutgers. Uh, that will be in Ann Arbor Wednesday night. Uh, Illinois, the Spartans, and Iowa, and then on the road at Ohio State. Um, I'm kind of surprised based on what we've already discussed here, that it doesn't carry over into the Big Ten tournament, but nobody called us and wanted our opinions. Right. The Big Ten did not contact me at all. Interesting. In this, no. Uh, (laughs) And that's something else uh, that I've yet to read here uh, since we go on at 7. It Uh, just happened at like 6.50. You know, is this from the Big Ten to Ward Manuel, the Michigan Athletic Director, was Ward Manuel... Uh, in conversation, obviously, with a conference, and they mutually decided that this would be the deal. I don't know. Right. It doesn't say the Big Ten says. The tweet says Michigan will suspend Juwan Howard. So, you know, again, I I understand the situation. It's competitive. Things have not gone well for Michigan basketball. Again, uh, in preseason polls, if you will, uh, they were perceived to be a number one seed, and yes. things have gone completely sideways. Right I do now, have a tweet. It says from Jeff Goodman, Michigan and Big Ten work together on this. Okay, so. there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, I read last night on Twitter that um, the Big Ten could only suspend him for a max of two games Okay. per some Big Ten rule. It was like it ten. Has to come it from was, the university then. two games. I'm sorry. Did I say ten? Two games, and it was like it was a very small fine, and that's all. So they had to work together if it was going to be more than two games. Okay. And as it stands now, uh, Michigan 14 and 11 overall, eight and seven in conference play. So look, uh, Juwan Howard is frustrated. I understand that. I understand. You know, you're just coming off competition, and it didn't go well again. Um, and as we find out, Greg Gard, the uh, head coach at Wisconsin, he also received some punishment because he was culpable in, in, in grabbing Juwan Howard. Shouldn't have done it. Right. 
both of these grown men escalated this into it finishing with young kids punching each other. <laughs> and he was fined. Ten uh, k, I believe. Yeah, Greg Gard fined ten thousand, no suspension. Uh, it still remains a mystery, I think, uh, as to what the Wisconsin assistant said to get the ire of Jawan Howard. Clearly, something was said from that assistant that he didn't like. Now, I've seen multiple angles of this, watched it a million times. Some people think that maybe that assistant was saying something to a Michigan player, and Jawan didn't like it, was defending that Michigan player. And there Cannot was some, confirm. There were some players involved as well. Do you have that information? Mm-hmm. I know we were talking about it before we went on here. So, Well, they're suspended. i got to get back to the tweet. Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams, both of Michigan, and Jacoby Neath of Wisconsin, suspended for one game. Hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, a, a lot of folks that are connected to college hoops have weighed in on this. Mm-hmm. Some have been quite extreme that Juwan Howard should have lost his job, um, that it should should have been a long suspension. Uh, I don't think he should have lost his job over this. Me neither. I just don't. When that came out yesterday, I thought that is too extreme. Well, even when you take the Turgeon history from last year into account, you know, competition is competition. And I'm not defending Juwan Howard's actions at all because it's, there's no place in the game for that. Mm-hmm. And maybe through this particular incident, maybe that's going to sink into Juwan Howard because he's been a fiery competitor on the court and then as a coach for mm-hmm. a long time. You would think there's a lesson learned here. You know, you're suspended five games. You're the talk of the sports world. It's not a good look for the University of Michigan. All of that. You'd think there's a lesson to be learned. Well, I certainly, uh, you know, hope he takes it all in because, you know, I'm sure Ward Manuel was in a very difficult situation because Ward did not seem to be pleased at all with the proceedings. He reached out and apologized to the Wisconsin AD, uh, other uh, administrators with uh, that university. President called the president. Uh, well, you know, there's all this diplomatic stuff that that goes on. It's like your kid got in a fight on the playground or something and right. the parent has to call the other parent. That's kind of what it feels like. And that's shameful in and of itself. Yeah, because like you these say, are grown men. Grown men. Yeah. Uh, so, but haven't you seen people come to blows at, you know, little boys and girls basketball oh, games? Oh, yeah. Like, sport brings out emotion. And you want to win. It's not right. I, I just can see it happening. And that's what I say. You know, and I'm giving Juwan Howard the benefit of the doubt that he's a competitor uh, his team uh, just lost again. Uh, he just wanted to get the hell out of there. And then there's a timeout with the game already in hand. All right, that sets the the, the wheel in motion. Uh, but the end does not justify the means. It just doesn't. So I think in this world of trying to cancel people, I you have to be able to apologize for your actions and move on and grow. And this is his first physical altercation, albeit really bad. You can't strike another coach. I haven't even heard of that. But you have to be able to apologize and move on. If it happens again, fire him. Well, now, uh, yeah, he is he is now officially on watch. Right. And moving forward, anything that comes close to this is going to be uh going to be paid for and you know that's sad 
that he was in this situation. And, uh, well, look at it this way. It, from a Michigan basketball perspective, it's been a sad deal pretty much all year. Right. Uh, falling woefully short of expectation. Again, uh, Juwan Howard suspended for the final five games of the regular season. Up next for the Wolverines will be a pretty darn good Rutgers club. How about those Scarlet Knights? Uh, they lost at Purdue 84-72 yesterday. Uh, that snapped a four-game winning streak. Rutgers 16-10, and 10-6 in conference play. That will be at Chrysler Center at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, the Spartans have some things to figure out, don't they? We'll discuss that and more as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. In studio together, nonetheless, for the first time in a while. Isn't this nice? Reunited, and it feels so good. I was hoping... When I woke up this morning, today would be the day somebody makes a peaches and herb reference. <laughs> and by golly, you just knocked it out. You're welcome. Good for you. Uh, yeah, Michigan State uh, with some issues right now. Uh, I had a nice chat this morning with uh, Magna T.I. Tom Izzo, and uh, he says they'll work through it. And that's all you can do. The Fighting Illini, then number 12 in all the land, at the Breslin Center on Saturday afternoon. Uh, then number 19, Michigan State suffers another loss, 79-74. The final, lo and behold, the Spartans have lost four of their last five. And uh, they kind of put themselves in a hole in that first half. They couldn't hit nothing. Mm-mm. They need shooters. They need Cassius Winston. <laughs> Where is he? Bring him in. Yeah. Uh, they trailed by 12 at the half by as many as 16 in that second half. And then... Uh, next thing you know, they get to work. How about Tyson Walker? A season-high 26 points. The dude couldn't miss. He was the bright spot, especially in that second half. Didn't he have 24 of his 26 in the second? Yeah. I mean, that's what they needed, but it still wasn't enough. They cut the lead to two several times there in the final two minutes, but just couldn't get over the hump. And here's the troubling thing, and Tom knows it. Uh, rebounding. Illinois out-rebounds the Spartans 38-36. Of those 38 boards, 14 were on the offensive side. So uh, you say, yeah, Illinois probably crushed it in second-chance points, and they did with a 19-8 advantage. What are your thoughts on these two point guards? I had someone very knowledgeable say, if you have two point guards, then you don't have one. Well, A.J. Hogard, uh, you know, I think the reason he was put into the starting lineup is because he dishes the rock so well. And I think he finished with uh, 15 points here. Uh, Tyson Walker, uh, before putting up the 26 against the Fighting Illini, kind of lost his way a little bit. Gabe Brown has lost his way mm-hmm. as well. And you needed a big senior season from Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham. Not that they're not good or anything, but it's not this dominating performance, this leadership that they needed. Well, remember, when Michigan State rattled off those nine straight wins, Tom Izzo was the first to say, look, you Hold know, up. let's bring it back in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are a good team. We still have a lot of work to do to get to be a great team. And now all of a sudden, uh, there's regression going on. Uh, turnovers continue to be a problem. I think they finished with 11 uh, in the loss to Illinois, but you're still a ball club that's averaging 
14 and a half turnovers a game. You can't do it. You're not good enough to overcome that. Exactly. You can't overcome it when you do it. Uh, with that loss, coming off the loss to Penn State, the Spartans are out of the top 25 in the AP. They are now number 24 in the coaches. They will be at Iowa, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Carver, Hawkeye Arena, to face uh, an Iowa team that's 18-8 and eight overall, 8-7 eight and seven in conference play. Uh, Iowa, interesting deal here. They lost to U of M at home, 84-79 last Thursday night. Then they turn around and beat number 18 Ohio State, 75-62 in Columbus on Saturday. They have won four of the last five. As I said, Michigan State has lost four or five. Something's got to break. We knew this was going to be a gauntlet for them going down the stretch, and it is. Iowa, Purdue, Michigan, Ohio State, Maryland. So if you can limit some of these mistakes, you give yourself the best chance. Well, uh, Tom is is pretty confident uh, that they can work through. I'm not saying anything that nobody knows about basketball. you got to put the ball in the hole. And if you don't, you're making your life miserable and Michigan State's shooting touch has been off for a while now yes that was so evident in that last game they get open looks they'd get what they want and they can't hit it but slow starts have also been a problem Mm -hmm. uh you know you can't go to the well too often and Izzo knows that as well so uh, we'll see what goes down uh again the Spartans and Hawkeyes tomorrow night uh seven o'clock is the tip our Pre-game broadcast getting underway at 6 here on WJR. Uh, let's just segue into the Pistons quickly, shall we? Uh, the NBA at the All-Star break last night. Team Durant, Team LeBron getting together. Durant wins it one, no, LeBron wins it 163 to 160. Stupid. A lot of defense. Just stupid. <laughs> I watched it for about three minutes. And if you've listened to me for a while, my stance remains the same. Major League Baseball is the only one that should play an all-star game because it's played the way the game is supposed to be played. Uh, the Pro Bowl, waste of time. NBA All-Star game, waste of time. NHL All-Star game, they're trying with the whole three-on-three thing. Right. But still, it's not played the way the game is designed to be played. So those three sports should, in essence, just – Send the bonus check or whatever the case may be to the All-Stars. Congratulations uh, on a great season. Uh, hopefully it continues. Thank you. Take a few days off. Give everybody a chance to but reboot. it's supposed to be for the fans, isn't it? I don't want to watch the game. end. 163 to 160. <laughs> Antetokounmpo tried to play defense a little bit. Okay. I like the skills competition, like I said, in the NHL. Okay. And in the NBA. But the slam dunk also was a dud. <laughs> In these COVID times, I don't think you should be doing that. Well, nobody was around. Sorry, Blake. <laughs> We're tight. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though. The the dunk competition, what can be done that hasn't been done already? Right. The, those weren't even dunks. Did you watch it all? Yeah, I saw a little <laughs> bit of it. It just, you know. And then they get 8 million tries. It's so boring. Uh, are they going to start allowing props? They had cars before. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Uh, but congratulations, by the way, to Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. uh, MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, he uh, carried Team Barry to victory on Friday night. Five points, two rebounds, three assists in the championship game. Doesn't sound like much 
to be an MVP. Uh, but they only played to 25, scored the final four points, including the winning free throw. So so he's the rising star MVP, and then he did something or other in the skills with um, the Rooks, Team Rooks. He had a good weekend. Yeah, he. well, you know what? Uh, you know, we've been discussing uh, his uh, progression uh, over the last few shows, and good for him. Yeah. Uh, maybe he took Dave Bing's statement to heart. I wonder if he saw Dave Bing. Because they were there for the 75th. I'm sure Dave talked to him. <laughs> I would think. You know, Dave Bing's a class act. And, you know, he probably uh, sat, I, I'm, I'm only thinking here, which I know is dangerous. But knowing Dave Bing, he said, look, here's what I meant by my statement. Right. I have all the confidence and all the, all the trust in the world in you that you're going to pan out to, you know, be the number one pick and then some. So, you know, there you go. Uh, quickly here, the uh, Red Wings, they will host uh, Colorado Wednesday night at LCA. 7.30 is the start time. Hey, how about the Wings? They're 3-1 and one coming out of the All-Star break. Still in wild card conversation, but they've got a lot of work to do. Washington uh, with the top spot, 65 points. Then the Bastin Bruins, they're closing the uh, gap, 62 points. And then the Red Wings outside looking in right now with 52. So points continue to be at a premium. But Jacob Verana is supposed to come back. That's a big addition to that oh, top yeah, line. Is. You know, they're on the bubble. I think it'll be fun, even if they don't make the playoffs, to watch them try here at the end. Uh, they're a fun group to watch. They really are. Even if they end up on the outside looking in uh, as far as the postseason goes, I think Steve Eiserman, uh knows quite well that the mission that he set out for is starting to come to fruition. Yes. And I don't throw $5 words around all that often. Those young guys, Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, are showing why they were chosen. And they're exciting to watch. And they're going to be here for a long time. And you know what? Good for Dylan Larkin. Mm -hmm. It looks like he has really settled into the captaincy. And uh, he's playing some hockey. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Good for him. All right. Stick around. Uh, the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing have come to an end. Did you notice? We'll talk about that and some other things coming up as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Welcome back into the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Steve and Jamie, happy to have you here with us. And tell your friends and neighbors we're here every Monday night from 7 to 8 talking about everything under the uh, sports umbrella. And uh, we began uh, with the breaking story a little bit before 7, as a matter of fact. Uh, Michigan head basketball coach Jawan Howard he is suspended for the final five games of the regular season. Interesting enough, it does not go into the Big Ten tournament. I did think it was going to include postseason as well, but I also didn't think he should be fired. So if this is a compromise, then okay. And they've just released uh, some statements there, uh, Jane, why don't you share? So just got this in my email from Ward Manual. Quote, today's disciplinary actions underscore the seriousness with which we take the incident that unfolded on Sunday. Simply put, there's no room at UM for the behavior we saw. We will learn from this incident as a department, work to improve ourselves while operating under a spotlight, and move forward in a positive light. So that's Ward. You want to hear from Juwan? 
Yes. Okay. Quote, after taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realize how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. I am offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family, and the Michigan fans around the world. I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin's assistant coach Joel Krabenhoft and his family, too. Lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student athletes. I will learn from my mistake, and this mistake will never happen again. No excuses. Well, there you go. So, uh, sounded heartfelt. Sure. And uh, hopefully uh, it's sincere, and uh, he learns from this moving forward. Because, as we were discussing earlier, James, I don't think he's going to have should an unfortunate incident like this happen again. I don't think he's going to have an opportunity to apologize again. No. He'll learn from this. And like I said, you have to give people grace to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. This was a bad one. Sure. And let's move forward. You know, competition is competition. And and, uh, the idea uh, that he should lose his job completely was, you know, no way. Right. Not, not, no. Uh, So there you have it. And we move on to the just-concluded 2022 winter games in Beijing. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's been a winter Olympics that I've watched less than this. And I'll tell you why. Because I've been reading from the athletes who sounded absolutely miserable being there. I know. But every athlete I talked to enjoyed their experience. I think. I don't know. Either there are two different camps or, you know, some things get highlighted. The guy that I talked to from Pinckney loved the Olympics. Normally, I love the Winter Games as well. I, right. I, I, I do. Uh, but I don't know if it was because it was in Beijing. Uh, you know, uh, what if there were, you know, there were no fans allowed. And I think that kind of takes away mm-hmm. from competition as we've seen stateside. I it think also away. there were no giant American stars that you knew their name, like, yeah, Sean White, but Sean White didn't medal. He's on the end of his career. Right. So there's no one that you really had to, there were no NHLers. I did watch uh, the Flying Tomato. Okay. And, hey, hats off for your career, dude. You know, it's been absolutely stellar. Uh, Then you being the figure skater you are, I'm sure you had uh, special interest in uh, those events that actually went sideways. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe I tweeted out that that ladies' event was a hot mess, was yeah. my quote. I mean, what an ending. First of all, she sh- she should never have been competing. If you test positive for a banned substance Over. in the Olympics, you are done. So they said it would do irreparable harm to her if she didn't compete. Well, look what happened at the end. Irreparable harm. Well, and here's the deal. You're talking about a 15-year-old girl. And the story goes that she got a hold of her grandpa's medicine. That's baloney. Um, which, yeah. Eesh. Because okay. I read an article that the three things she took is like known by people that that's you're trying to concoct something. Trying to concoct a, a performance improving right. cocktail. Right. So the grandpa thing, stop it. Uh, no. Uh, but I do feel for her because you would think that there are adults uh, in a position to work on her behalf. That's the problem. The adults around her failed her. 
I truly believe that. So that but, was But you terrible. get the impression that over there in Russia that that is the norm, the way they go about athletics. It's yeah. not the first time Why are they the cheating. Russian Olympic Committee right now? Because they got in trouble right. and weren't allowed to compete as Russia. So, you know, it's just a, an unfortunate mess. And, you know, even the uh, Russian skater who won the silver was saying she's never skating again. She hates it. <laughs> I'm not going Tara up there. Sova, she was furious that she got the silver medal. And then the poor girl who won gold, who skated beautifully, was sitting there alone, not able to celebrate. That was a complete mess. Nathan Chen was fantastic. He delivered for the Americans for the men. Way to go, Nathan. There are two stories I loved. One, Nick Baumgartner from Iron River, the 40-year-old who got gold in the mixed team event with Lindsey Jacob Ellis, him crying, calling his son. That's the Olympics for me. That's the spirit that was... Um, captured right there. Right. But I, there weren't a whole lot of those moments. Right. Right. I could see that. Now, I work at NBC here in Detroit. Therefore, right. it's on when I'm working, and I did a ton of Olympic stories. So I'm probably more invested than most people. I get it. And uh, for all the right reasons. But I don't think the 2022 Winter Games will go down as a success. Do you? <sighs> Except Probably for those not. who competed. Like, I get what you're saying. I think locally the the ratings were good, I think, for us at Channel 4. I think for NBC, big NBC, they're probably rethinking what they're doing here. Well, I know they fork out a lot of dough. I mean, millions and millions. A lot yeah. of dough. Yeah. And, you know, like anything else, the question becomes, are you getting a return for your investment? And I'd be shocked if they are. Right. Another thing that was weird is the announcers weren't in Beijing. They weren't there. They were in right. Connecticut. There were a lot of things working against these Olympics. Well, you know, hopefully uh, the decision would be made not to return uh, because summer games, you know, in Asia, um, here in Beijing. Yeah. Um, Here's a know. positive. Paris looks awesome. They're going to do, like, fencing at the castle. They're going to do all this stuff all around Paris. That seems cool to me. You talk about one extreme to the other. Yeah. Holy man! At Versailles, they're going to do fencing. Uh, that will be historic. Yeah, so what that'll a backdrop. be cool. So let's get you back on board. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Paris. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> I wish I was in uh, Major League Baseball's camp, but I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> uh, Major League Baseball making the announcement uh, not long ago. Uh, No spring training games will be held until at least March 5th. Today, members uh, of the Owners' Bargaining Committee will join an in-person meeting with the Players Association. And uh, these groups are supposed to negotiate every day this week. You recall the owners locked out the players in December. Unanimous Uh, decision by the owners. Yeah, this is a mess. Yeah. You talk about a hot mess. (laughs) You know, we just got fans back into the venues right last year after being uh locked out because of this stupid pandemic and baseball ratings aren't great i don't know what the you know the owners are thinking here i think they are making a terrible terrible mistake i do too um i've had conversations with some inside the baseball world uh one going as far as to say the owners would like to break the union it's that simple now and then what? That's uh, that's a hell of a statement right there. Right. 
Um, but uh, talking to the uh, radio voice of the Tigers, good friend Dan Dickerson, uh, when this thing first went down in December, Danny uh, uh, told me that he was optimistic that it would be resolved quickly. He is no longer that optimistic. I read that the deadline for them to come to an agreement is February 28th to keep opening day March 31st. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. Uh, because, you know, look, we could go into exactly what the lockout is, but clearly everybody knows, like most disputes, it's about money. It's about some crazy, convoluted it's deals. It's very complicated. It is. And um, hopefully, as I mentioned, they're supposed to uh, negotiate every day this week. So uh, it would be great if they uh, come to a resolution and we're able to get back to baseball very, very soon. That would be great because the Tigers had some great momentum. They have a great manager. They have a lot of young players. And it was starting to be fun to watch them. They were a fun group last year, 77 yeah. wins. And, uh, you know, that's hovering around 500. Uh, nobody gave them a ice cubes chance in H-E double hockey sticks to do that. And, and um, I think there was a lot of momentum going into this year with A.J. Hinch, uh, you know, pushing the right buttons and, uh, bringing on uh, some talent, spending a couple of dollars. Right, um, the acquisitions, those were exciting. Sure. Yeah. So uh, poised for a, a, a great season there at Comerica Park, uh, if it ever takes place. All right, don't go away. More coming up here as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. You're a golfer, so I can talk to you about this. It's very hard watching golf this time of year in the great state of Michigan because all it does is make you want to play so bad. <laughs> but we're still, what, two months away here? Right. Oh! We went, to, oh. <laughs> we went to California for our honeymoon and played Riviera. And this is a funny story. Oh, Every wow. time the Genesis Open... My husband, Ryan, gets the card out, looks at the card, you know, oh, D DJ, I birdied that hole, too, or something. It's funny. Oh, that's great. It looks like a very, I don't care what tee box you're playing from, you still got to get to the green. And yeah, it's it hard. Look, it looks the very difficult. The grass is different. It's very hard. But it's, it's very beautiful. It's storied. It's pretty great. Uh, congratulations to Joaquin Neiman the 23-year-old Chilean who wins his second PGA Tour event uh, by taking the Genesis Invitational in beautiful Pacific Palisades, California. That's awesome you played that track. Yes. We have a family friend who is a PGA professional, so he helped there. And then we drove up to Pebble Beach, played Spyglass, and just had a really great time. Sounds like it. Yeah. i got to start hanging out with your friends. <laughs> um, now, obviously, we'd be remiss in not discussing since we were texting fiends uh, last Thursday morning um, we found out that historic Oakland Hills the uh, clubhouse just went up very very quick uh, we got pictures from some folks and it just didn't take long it seemed like it started on the roof in one little section there and then mm -hmm. not even a half hour later unbelievable I was dumbfounded by what I was seeing. I was refreshing Twitter, refreshing it, trying to get every information I could get. I cannot believe Oakland Hills Clubhouse is burned to the ground right now. I cannot get over it. No, it's absolutely insane and so tragic. And, 
you know, I've had friends say, well, why are you so bummed out about this? Things catch on fire all the time, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not a member, um, but I've, as you have, had the opportunity to play there several times. It's always a treat, uh, and it was a magnificent building. It was completed in 1922. Mm -hmm. They were just about ready to celebrate the 100-year anniversary I know. of this thing. I said this after the shock went away. Okay, they can rebuild the clubhouse. It, it really stinks that this historical building is gone. I kept thinking about all of the historical items in this museum. That's what it is. It was a museum. Right. That are lost. Like original things from Ben Hogan, from all these people. Now, they did apparently save some things some. through a human some. chain. Yeah. But come on, how much? Uh, well, again, uh, and we are not losing sight of the fact, as it turns out, at Oakland Hills during the non-golf season, there are 25 full-time employees right. who work there, and nobody was hurt. Thank goodness. The, okay, so if you want to talk a tragedy, sure. The people that work there aren't going to have work right. for, not, what, two years? And there's, well, a, there's a GoFundMe to help those people, so that's important. Yeah, uh, you know, well. and, and hopefully, um, you know, that uh, does very well. Because one thing I know about the brilliant staff at Oakland Hills, the turnover was next to nothing. I mean, there have been people working there generations for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully that will work itself out. Uh, I do know, and uh, this is somewhat late breaking, maybe he broke it on WDIV, uh, Oakland Hills President Rick Palmer, saying that the new clubhouse is going to be a replica, a replica of the old one. What are your thoughts? I love it. I absolutely love it. Because you know what that's going to do? It's going to take away a lot of headache for the members over there. Do you know how difficult it would be to have everybody or a majority sign off on this idea, that idea, this idea? Why not just stick with what works? I'm sure for a speed decision, like this is the best thing. Because they want to get a clubhouse up and going because they want majors. I get it. But maybe there are improvements that could be made to a building that's 1922. Well, and I think, you know, just utilizing some of the modern materials that we have these days, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a tweak here or a tweak there. But listen, they got to go through a lot of, you know, stuff with insurance. Mm -hmm. And how long is it going to be for that insurance company to sign off? Uh, I know Rick Palmer was saying that they are, they were well insured. He thinks that uh, it was uh, well enough to uh, take care of the rebuild. Um, but that stuff takes time. What do you think happened? I heard through reporting that day that their smoke alarms, fire alarms go off. The employees call the 911, whatever. They go out. The firefighters go in and smell smoke but cannot find fire. They had to open up a ceiling to find the fire. Well, the fire officials uh, still have no idea what the cause was. And uh, they were very candid, saying, you know, at the end of the day, we may never know uh, what caused this fire. Because uh, I believe it started in the attic. Now, if it started between floors in the walls, right? who knows? And, uh, you know, I watch all sorts of shows. And the technology that they have these days is unbelievable. Yeah. You watch the Chicago Fire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched Backdraft for crying out loud. Right, right. Um, 
But, uh, you know, if there's a way possible to find out. But at this particular point, it, as long as we know it wasn't arson and that's not even being discussed. Right. Then what does it matter? It doesn't, I guess. I don't know. It just it was very upsetting as a golf person to know the artifacts that are gone forever. How about the brides that had weddings coming up starting in the spring and like they have to change and there's just a lot to this and it's it's sad. Well, the trickle down is I don't think anybody has really felt the full gravity of pain um, because I think one of the good news things, if you're looking for a silver lining, they're going to be able to play golf. Mm-hmm. Rick Palmer saying the golf season should not be disrupted. Well, good, because they gave up their season to remodel. That separate area has all the carts. The carts are probably fine. They can golf. Oh, yeah. Steve Brady's office and lab by the range is probably okay. Sure. And I like what the president said. He's like, this isn't a tragedy. A tragedy is COVID-19, is whatever, a car accident, a family member. This is devastating and sad, but... They'll rebuild. Oh, yeah, they will rebuild. They'll get uh, a major. But I will say this. Uh, the first time I pulled up at Western uh, in Redford, uh, when their clubhouse burned down uh, a few years ago, um, it took a little bit to take it in uh, because that was a, a grand clubhouse as well Yeah. for a beautiful Donald Ross course. And they have since rebuilt and it is absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure it'll be the same at Oakland Hills. That was the site of our very first show, Oakland Hills. Still have the picture, darling. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll look back on that because it was majestic. It was a beautiful day. Yep. Uh, great time on the course. And then uh, we launched whatever this thing is. Well. <laughs> uh, but, hey, speaking of which, time to go. Okay. Great seeing you again great there, Great seeing Jane. you in person, sir. Uh, yes, indeed. And, uh, Blake? Always a pleasure, my friend. Blake, uh, still Blake, the answer. I hope you have a better day. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm out <laughs> of here. It'll get soon. better. Uh, Steve Courtney for everybody. Thanks for listening to WJR.